I create beautiful brands for small businesses, but not only beautiful brands, but brands that work. So we do that by focusing a lot on strategy. We're talking about who your target market is, your audience, what they want, what you provide that no one else provides, a lot of different things like that. And we create a visual branding from that that speaks directly to those people. So in the end, we have a beautiful brand identity, but also one that works. This is Jennifer of JennySueMakeup.com, and this is the Pretty Powerful Podcast with Jenny Sue Makeup. And welcome back if you are listening to me on Apple Podcasts, and welcome for the first time if you're watching this YouTube video, because this is my first YouTube video while I do my podcast recording. And my guest for today is Anna K. Auten, and she is a brand strategist and graphic designer locally here in Athens, Georgia, where I live. And she is the owner of Rayma Design Co. And we just have a great conversation today that's all about branding and graphic design and what makes a good logo and make what makes a good branding strategy. And I think you'll find her conversation really, really interesting just as much as I did. And it was all done via Zoom because of the new social distancing norm. So unfortunately, I didn't get to have her in studio, but that's okay. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Anna Kate. Thank you for being here on this Monday. Um, or as me and my kids say, we're trying to start a day. Um, it really doesn't matter what day it is anymore in quarantine life, does it? It does not. <laughs> it doesn't. Every, every day feels the same. Um, but thank you, Anna Kate, so much for being here. Um, this is my second interview during the quarantine life. And so now this is kind of the, um, I guess it's the new normal to do these types of interviews during Zoom. Um, have you been doing a lot of work with people through this kind of technology? I've had a couple meetings this way, definitely, yeah. And I, I run a creative group. Uh, we meet this, well, you know that. You, you've spoken at it. Yes, um, our uh-huh. meeting is tomorrow evening, so we're going to be doing that through Zoom as well. So. Oh, okay. Well, good to know. Yeah. And that's the Rising Tide Society. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yes, this is kind of like the new, new norm, I feel like. But let's go ahead and... Um, Let's go ahead and introduce you to everybody. So this is Anna Kate Auten, and you're of Rayma Design Co. Did I say that correctly, Rayma? You said it correctly, yes. Okay, good. And so tell everybody that doesn't know who you are that's listening to this podcast or watching this video, um, just a little backstory on you. And I know that sounds like a really big thing to do, but just kind of tell us where you grew up. You know, did you go to school? Did you go to college? If you did, what did you study? You know, siblings, you know, and what got you here to Athens? That's so All broad. of those things. Okay. I know, it's very broad. Just do the I best you can. Grew up, I grew up in Gainesville, Georgia, so not too far away. Um, that's where my parents still live. My sister lives, one of my sisters lives there. Uh, that's, yes, I have two siblings. I have an older sister and a younger sister, so I'm in the middle. And I went to Georgia State College, uh, Georgia State, excuse me, Georgia State University in Atlanta for graphic design. So I graduated in 2015. I traveled for a little bit after that, and then I came back to the U.S. and started doing um, brand design. That's when I started my business. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Rayma because you know that's not your name, um, mm-hmm. and how you got the name Rayma for your um, for your company. Well, it turns out naming your business is really hard. <laughs> right, um, I would agree. Yes, it's, uh, I'm often overwhelmed by options. It's like analysis paralysis. So I hired a friend who was a copywriter to help me out. So she came up with like a list of names and options and kind of a reason behind them. And one of the ones that I really loved was Rayma, 
which is uh, loosely means, it's a Greek word that loosely means like divinely inspired. Divinely inspired. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So, and you said it's Greek? Yes. Greek word. So where where have you traveled to before you came back here? (laughs) Where all have you been? I've been to a lot of places. Um, I was a missionary for a year, so I spent three months in Europe, three months in Africa, and five months in Asia. So a lot of different countries and all of those um, continents, yeah. Oh my, and so what kind of span was that that you were doing missionary work? That was 11 months. 11 months, and Mm -hmm. all together, all at one time, like you jumped Mm -hmm. from place to place. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and I know that would be a whole other podcast episode to ask about, (laughs) but that's always so interesting to find out if someone has done missionary work. Um, Mm -hmm. What was that like? And how, uh, let's let's kind of bring it back to what you do, since this is going to be all about branding and strategy Mm -hmm. and graphic design and all that, because that's really why I want, you know, wanted to have you here, um, Mm because I feel like a lot of people are going to find what you have to say very interesting. Um, But I do feel like what people do for a living is influenced by other things. And so knowing that you did missionary work, I mean, kind of how does, does that tie in at all with what you do or what made you decide to go do that, first of all? Yeah, (laughs) sure. Um, It definitely does tie in and it it feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, It was, I got back four years ago now. Um, So definitely feels like a lifetime ago, a lot of um, different versions of myself ago, but it does uh, tie in a lot because like I said, I went to Georgia State. I worked two jobs throughout college. So the whole time I just was really craving stability after college. I wanted that full-time job, that kind of American dream. Um, I wanted not to have to worry about my next paycheck. And then I decided to backpack around the world on a mission trip. So kind of the opposite of what I was hoping for for my life. Um, But it was a huge influence on what I decided to do after. So uh, and during college, I had two um, internships with real estate companies. So we had to have an internship to graduate. So I interned at a corporate real estate company. And this is kind of a big part of my story. We worked, um, that's where I was really got like an introduction to branding and the power of branding. But I quickly learned that I did not really enjoy working with that type of people. That's not a bad thing. It just wasn't really a good fit for me. I just wasn't really interested in making rich people richer. I wanted to work with small businesses and people who were like really passionate about what they do and bring good into the world. Mm -hmm. So that kind of came about and was more clear when I was traveling and traveling just brings such um, incredible life experiences that totally shift your, your frame of mind and your reference. And I was this um, very uh, protected, conservative, naive little girl from the South. And then I'm, you know, working in a red light district in Asia. That's going to, you know, you're going to see some change from that. So right. um, it totally shifted my perspective and I came back wanting to um, continue to bring good into the world. So that's why I really love working with small businesses. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't even like <laughs> that's wrap. Like a... <laughs> that's like in a little small nutshell. Short there's version, probably yeah. A, yeah. There's probably a whole lot more to that. But um, so when you did this work, did you go alone? Did you have like a group of people you went with to do mission work? Yes, it was a group of people. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I was wondering, are you, are you one of those that was able to go just by yourself? Because that would be no. so intimidating. <laughs> that, yeah, it was already pretty intimidating to do it with a group of people. So alone would have been a lot. So you said when you were a graphic design major at Georgia State, you also held two jobs at the same time? 
Yes, I worked throughout. So I worked at the rec center at the school, and then I worked at um, the local mall. Really? I mean, that's a lot. I mean, I think back to my college years, and this was so long ago, but I mean, I actually didn't have a job in the beginning of college. I just was a college student was my job. And then I lost the Hope Scholarship. And my father actually told me, Mm. well, now that you've lost this Hope Scholarship, you have to get a job. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, how am I going to have a job and do school? And that was only one job. And I worked at the Gap. I folded clothes. Um, But that was all I did. So I can't imagine having two jobs and going to college at the same time. So kudos to you for doing that. It was a lot. I wouldn't recommend it, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't sound easy. So, all right, let's kind of jump into um, the meat and potatoes of what you do. Um, I know right now that a lot of people maybe... I don't know how many people are starting starting a small business right now, or maybe they have just gotten into it. Um, like you said, you prefer small businesses, which is what I kind of like to do with this podcast is interview other entrepreneurs that help small businesses or are a small business as their own. Um, so I feel like right now, in terms of what you do with graphic design and branding, um, a lot of it probably has to do with virtual or online at this point. Um and having a strong presence online, I guess is what I should say. So what, in your opinion, makes a really strong brand online? Ooh, and it can online. be more than one thing, but like okay. online, since I feel like that's kind of where everything is at right now, um, from, you know, from your perspective, what makes a really strong brand? Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be really clear what you do. And I think, honestly, whether you're online or not, I think the customer experience is really important. So this is a little bit more focused on um, product-based businesses, but the client experience is really important. You want to make them feel really special and known and seen and um, cared for. Uh, So an example I like to use for that, obviously, we're not all, we can't all relate to this right now because of, you know, a global pandemic, but um, uh, Target is a great example of this. Like when you walk in, you spend so much every time you spend so much more than you think because of your experience there. The, Mm -hmm. the people are always so friendly. The, the branding is wonderful. Each um, section is built to um, make you buy honestly. So I think that is an experience that's important to take into the digital space. I would agree with that. That was going to be one of my next questions is who do you think does branding best? I guess you would say target. Mm -hmm. There are so many, but Target is an example that I think we can all relate to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think that everybody's actually walked into a Target, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? I think um, so. So tell me a little bit more about your your company specifically and what you do, because um, I feel like it is kind of a broad um, talent that you have in terms of, you know, branding is probably a lot of things um, when it, it comes to working with a company. So explain what exactly it is that your company does for, say, you know, say Jenny Sue Makeup was to walk to your, through your door and mm-hmm. I'm starting from scratch um, as a makeup artist or whatever, say I'm, a, you know, hairstylist, I don't know, anything. Um, what would you say you can help me with or anybody that comes to you as a small business? What do you offer exactly? Mm-hmm. I create beautiful brands for small businesses, but not only beautiful brands, but brands that work. So we do that by focusing a lot on strategy. So uh, that entails a lot of things, but you know, we're talking about who your target market is, your audience, what they want, what you provide that no one else provides, a lot of different things like that. And we create a visual branding from that that speaks directly to those people. So in the end, we have a beautiful brand identity, but also one that works. 
So you create logo designs as well for yes, brands. That, yes, okay. that's part of branding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, so kind of speak to that. What are the, some of the first questions you would ask a brand? Or what are some of the things that they actually need to know um, what to tell you in order to help have you help them? Sure. Well, they need to know a, kind of a general idea of who their audience is. I don't think anyone starts a business and has no idea who their audience is. Mm-hmm. So a general idea of that and then an idea of their mission and values and purpose. Um, again, I don't think someone starts a business without those things in mind, I hope. Um, but when I onboard a client, I send over this questionnaire. It's a pretty long questionnaire and it covers things like that. It's um, some backstory stuff like tell me. And by that point, I, I know most of that, but it's nice to have it in one place and writing. So I ask their story, why they got into their business, um, what they're passionate about, how long they've been doing it. And then we go into things like target audience and mission and goals and value and purpose. And uh, then we talk about competitors. Um, we, we talk about some of their competitors and what they're doing differently, how they can set them par- themselves apart from their competitors. Um, that's important visually as well. We always, I don't ever want to look similar to a competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talk about, then I, I provide some adjectives and they do like, it's like an either or exercise. So it's like classic or modern or, uh, raw or playful, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so neat. Um, uh, that's so interesting that you bring up competitors. I, I would never have thought about that, but I guess, mm-hmm. I guess from a branding standpoint, yeah, you want to stand out and look different from mm-hmm. your competitors. Um, also, I when I was looking at your website, you said that you do specifically work with female business owners. Is that well? That's kind of like your wheelhouse. But you said you work with other people. But what's kind of the um, thought process behind that? So that is shifting a little bit. Um, okay. I for the long for a long time I was taking anyone and everyone, and then I found out who I really enjoyed working with or the projects that I enjoyed most, and those were females. So I decided, okay, just females. And I just just had some negative experiences working with men, and mm-hmm. I was just I was like, okay, let's just do females. And then yeah. last year I had some incredible male clients, so that has shifted a little bit. That's changed. Um, uh-huh. I think it's more about the project and the person, and less the overall male female. Okay. Um, so when it comes to projects. Are most of your clients, or do you feel like that they are service-based? Like someone like me is more of a service-based, you know, client as a makeup mm-hmm. artist. I don't actually sell a product. Do you find that most of your clients are more service-based or do they have products that they are selling, like actual tangible products? Um, mm-hmm. Or do you have a good mix of both? No, right now it's mostly service-based still. Do you see like a trend or pattern in who feels like they need your help the most? Or is it kind of just a varied like grab bag of clients or do you feel like one category like artists like me or you know hairstylists or actual abstract artists need more help with branding Mm -hmm. or do you I mean or do you feel like it's kind of all over the board no I think it's a little more specific I most of my service-based clients are a creative of some sort so a photographer um wedding planners like a wedding or event planners a videographer a coach, that kind of things. Um, and then the few clients that I've had that are product-based are a little bit more all over the place. Going back to your education as a graphic designer, what was the first thing you did out of college? Did you go straight into Rama Design or did you work for somebody else? Um, how did that work? Mm-hmm. 
So at that point, I knew I had a job. I had a full-time job lined up, and that's what I, I had to give that up to travel. So I had a couple months in between graduation and leaving to travel that I took a short internship at another corporate real estate company. So I did that summer internship, and then I left for the first country was Serbia. Serbia? <laughs> yeah. Is this really sad? I couldn't even tell you were on a map. Serbia is. Where, where is it exactly? It is in the Balkans, so Eastern Europe. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So of all the places that you've traveled, which was your favorite? Oh, God. And you can only pick tra- one. <laughs> only one? You can only okay. pick one. You can have a runner-up. You can have a runner-up. Okay. So I traveled a little bit after as well. My sister was <laughs> my sister was also a missionary in Germany, so I visited her for a month after, and we visited a few more countries while I was there. So I've had a, I have a lot to pick from. Mm-hmm. Number one place and number two. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this is fun because now being in shelter in place, we, none of us are traveling anywhere, which is so sad. And to hear you mm-hmm. say that that's one of your favorite things and it's so important just as a life experience to be able to travel, I feel like that's one of the things we're all missing the most right now. So it's kind of just fun yeah. to kind of play this game and hear where maybe we should go after this is all is. lifted. Okay, I'm going to say one that's a little bit more surprising then. Um, okay. Vietnam. I loved Vietnam, and it really surprised me. I think it's partly in a, a large part in um, where I was staying. So Ho Chi Minh is the capital city. We were there during the summer. It was so incredibly hot. So we stayed there for a few days, and then we went to uh, a city called Dalat, which is the, um, the French occupied Vietnam for a long time. They left in the 1950s. So this was a, a French resort town up in the mountains in, of Vietnam. So it was incredible weather, like... 70 degrees maybe and uh it was just the cutest little town there was this lake and it had um swan paddle boats and there were little they called it like the little paris so there are little tiny eiffel towers all over the city it was beautiful i rented a bike and just like biked around the city for the whole month wow in vietnam (laughs) it's like a little paris like yes Wow, that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, my uh, father-in-law spent some time in Vietnam, and I remember him saying that it was really beautiful. Like, that's not the, yeah. yeah, it's not really the first time I've heard that, so that's really neat. Yeah. Maybe that needs to be on the next bucket list when we can get out of here and yes. <laughs> get on a, get the on a food, plane somewhere. Food is also incredible, and it's really cheap. Really? Yeah. Okay, this is great. All right, I'm going to put this on my to-do list of places okay. to go. <laughs> um, okay, so let me get on to... Oh, this is one of the things that um, I wanted to ask you when it comes to branding. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see in brand design? Mm -hmm. I think it's going with trends. People uh, see something that is working for someone else or working for several other people, and they try to apply that to their, their own business without really thinking about the strategy and who they're targeting, rather just putting out a pretty face, and it's really so much more than that. So and I, when I look at your Instagram feed, and I know this is more like particular to you probably personally, but I feel like your aesthetic just right off the bat is very, um, how would I say it? I feel like it's very serene, very um, very neutral in tone. Like I've seen mm-hmm. some neutrals. I have seen a pop of pink from one of the clients that you worked with. Right. But overall, it seems like your vibe of what you do is very like neutrals and clean cut and not, not too fussy. Is that... Um, kind of on point with how you work in general, do you feel like? It is It is on point with how I work in general. So it also totally depends on the project. I think that just means I've attracted a lot of projects that 
um, have a similar aesthetic, but I am mm-hmm. working on a project right now that is for a women's boutique and it's very bright color. So you will see a oh. uh, different, some different tones coming to my feed very soon. Okay. Um, that one's a little bit busier, a little bit more ornate too. We have these beautiful um, feminine illustrations. So it depends on the project. Okay. All right. So that'll be exciting to see some color coming coming into your yes. feed pretty soon. Um, what about time frame? I um, so I've ha- my logo was designed by a lady out in Chicago, like years ago. It has not changed. Mm-hmm. It has been the same. Jenny Sue makeup three stars um, for my brand. She picked the font. I of course approved it or whatever. But um, you know she kind of laid everything out. She took three stars, which actually I have three stars on my foot. So it's actually a tattoo that's in my graphic design that stands for my boys, yada, yada. Anyway, she did it for me years ago. And I remember I was um, flabbergasted when I approached her that I wanted, you know, this logo. I just want a logo. I want my name. Mm -hmm. I want my business name. And then I want to figure out how to incorporate three stars. How long, she said, it might take to nail it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so what do you feel like is a... Do time frames matter? Like when you're quoting, you know, a client, what is a time frame for building a logo for someone or a business? Or does it vary case by case? What, you know, what are the, what goes into the time frame? Cause that was just, I was shocked how long it took her. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I liked what she came up with. Um, and I feel like you can't rush creativity, obviously. Um, so in your opinion, how long do you tell clients like, okay, here's our time frame for what you've asked for. So I tell clients it will take between eight and 12 weeks. That's just for the brand design itself. If we're doing print or anything else like that, it's going to take longer. So I have a pretty streamlined process at this point. Um, I We focus on strategy a lot. So I once we book the project, they do their homework. We, we have our start date whenever that is. We've decided it in advance. And then one week after that, I present the brand strategy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we go through some refinements on that. And then two weeks after the brand strategy is approved, then I present the brand concept. So we go through those refinements again. Once that's approved, then I provide the final files a week later. So it really depends on their responsiveness, to be honest. I ask for, Mm -hmm. I give deadlines for myself and for them from the beginning. So there's no question of what they can expect from, when they can expect something from me or when I expect something from them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes things happen, sometimes... COVID happens and things take a little bit longer. <laughs> right. I'm going to be understanding in a global pandemic. It's fine. Right. Um, yeah. So it depends on their responsiveness and how many refinement rounds we go through. Okay. And you've brought up the word strategy a lot. Can you kind mm-hmm. of um, explain what you mean by strategy? Yeah. So this is a little bit more of a kind of a, a drastic example, but it's a, it's a good starting point. So I don't want to work with I wouldn't want to design something for, you know, an older audience, a male audience that is pink and script. So mm-hmm. that's a more of a drastic example. But that strategy is taking a look at who we're talking to and encompassing who you are and then speaking to that audience. Okay. So we that have to nail sense. those things down before we go into the visual branding because that's going to make the visual branding actual actually work. Okay. Um, and when you're developing a logo for someone, which I do feel like is so important. Now, do you think that, you know, someone's starting from scratch with their business and they want you to, to create the whole like marketing strategy and the logo and the design and their color concept and everything. What is the most important thing to start with? Is it, let's figure out your color palette. Is it figure out what font speaks to you or, I mean, what do you think, what's most important for them to kind of start 
talking, you know, about their design? What's most helpful for them to tell mm-hmm. you? See, what I want from them is that strategy because that so directly influences the color palette and the typography and things like that. If okay. they pick, they, they, if they pick that they feel their brand is modern, then I'm probably not going to go with a serif font. If they want a um, ornate or a playful brand, I might go with something more like a script font. So that strategy mm-hmm. influences the visual direction. And then for color palette, I look at a lot at color psychology. And so branding is, is a lot about branding. Essentially, if you're going to boil it down, is how you make someone feel. Mm-hmm. So again, think back to that target example, what you feel when you walk in there. That is a huge part of their branding. So that... Um, that's color psychology as well. Color psychology is about how that color makes someone feel. So that's uh, important to consider when you're picking a color palette. Okay, so Target uses the color red. Does that symbolize that you need to stop and shop? Or what what does red mean? (laughs) It's definitely, it's an attention-grabbing color for sure. It can mean anger or passion. A lot of these colors have multiple kind of meanings. Um, But Mm -hmm. I do think it makes sense for Target because the way they use it is just red and white and it's very attention grabbing and it does make you want to stop. So I have hot pink, like magenta and mm-hmm. black in mind. What is, what does magenta mean? Like when you talk about color psychology, does hot pink and magenta mean anything to you? I'm just curious. Um, I, not that I know of off the top of my head, but they're more, um, they're a little bit less specific than that. So it's more like primary, like red, green, blue, yellow. So then for magenta, I would look at more like red. Like kind of mm-hmm. like a shade of red. Okay. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, okay. So I have spoken with um, some other, like I spoke with an interior designer friend of mine named Alexa on one of my previous podcasts where she, you know, does interior decor for her clients. And she mm-hmm. was saying how um, it's very important, kind of like your questionnaire that you've been talking about. She talks about how she kind of gets to know the client first to make sure that she can meet their needs, that they would be a good fit. And she yeah. was like, you know, yeah. And times I've told someone I'm not a good fit for them. Have you ever had that situation with a client where you've heard their needs, wants, what their expectations are? And you were like, look, this job just isn't for me. I'm always curious if, you know, people have the guts to turn down a client. Have you ever been in that situation? Yes, I have. And it's honestly a really good feeling when you get to that point where you can start saying no, where you kind of move out of the, oh my gosh, I have to book all the clients I can. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, actually I am able now to work with just the people that I want to. So were you put in a situation where you're just like, you know what, I just don't think I can give you what you want, or I don't think that I would be a good fit or, you know, or you think that maybe the client would be a a little bit too much work for the money, you know, have you ever, you know, I mean, any situation like that. Yeah. Yes. All of those. I ask a couple of um, questions before I get on a call with them and then I get on a call and if there are certain red flags that come up or if they, I mean, some of those red flags could be like, they feel like they might uh, want a little more uh, control over the process or they know exactly what they want. They just are looking for someone to like carry it out it's not really something I'm interested in. Uh-huh. Um, if they are, if they want a, a quicker timeline, or if they push back on pricing or anything like that, then I'm mm-hmm. then I have the, those are some red flags that go up. None of them are like immediate no's, but right. that's kind of where it's you know up to that gut feeling um, mm-hmm. that I have is like, do I want to work with this person, or is this potential red flag worth it? You know. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree because that probably could really affect how you, how you perform for them. Mm-hmm. If you know, if yeah. you just feel like this vibe is not right, I don't think I'm gonna be able to give them what they want. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it could affect you personally and your ability to do your job really well. So exactly. I, I like that you say that because I feel like a lot of times, and I think it is kind of a female thing. Um, we were, and especially, you know, like with what you and I do, like jobs are kind of all over the place, fluctuate month to month. Um, and you kind of feel like I need to book this business and this business, but there is some power in being able to be like, you know what? I just don't think, don't think yeah. it's going to work out. And then you move on because there will be another client eventually. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So I and like that you brought that up. Yeah. Well, I work with clients for anywhere from eight to 12 weeks. If that's just for branding, if it's print, it's longer. And I want to make sure it's going to be a good experience for both of us. Yeah, because that is a long time. Do you feel like when you work with someone's brand, I mean, that is literally, that's kind of a lifeblood of a company nowadays. You know, your logo, how you appear online and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, you kind of have to nail it. About how many revisions do you usually have to go through per brand to mm-hmm. actually get it right? Well, I limit that because if someone sees that it's an unlimited, they're just going to... Uh-huh. They're going to keep giving feedback. And I actually, so to answer your question, I, we usually just, we usually go through the two refinement rounds that are included. Uh, okay. Strategy usually is just like, sometimes it's approved right away. Sometimes it's like one refinement. Um, and then branding is, we usually go through the two, but I do limit that. And then I also provide, I also ask very specific feedback questions to get the answers that I'm looking for. I don't really... This may sound harsh. I don't really care about their feelings as much. I care about what they think their client is going to feel about it. So I ask questions like, right. what about this concept will speak to your target audience? What about this concept will not speak to your target audience? Okay. Yeah. Now, how many, um, do you enjoy building a brand from the ground up or do you ever do, or do you ever work with clients that maybe need to redo their brand that, you know, maybe kind of like me, I've had my logo for, I can't, I started 11 years ago. I think I got my logo designed probably eight years ago, like a professional one. And it Mm -hmm. hasn't changed since. Do you enjoy working with people that, you know, had a logo, but they're like, ugh, I'm just over it. It's old. It doesn't represent me anymore. And they want a refresher or do you prefer building from the ground up or is there plus and minuses to both? I think there's plus and minuses to both. I enjoy either totally rebranding or starting from scratch. It's a little bit more difficult uh, because some emotions can get involved if they just want to refresh. Like if they think that they, you know, if they still like this one part of their brand, it might be a little bit difficult to hear from me that it's not working though. You know, like it's not, you know, you're not booking the clients that you want or you're not making the sales that you want. So it might be time to totally Mm -hmm. rebrand. So sometimes um, emotions can get a little bit involved when there's things. And I get that. It's your baby. Like this business is your baby. And, you Mm -hmm. know, this visual aspect is a huge part of that. So I I understand, but I do prefer total rebrand or starting from scratch. Yeah. Okay. I totally get that. Um, What do you feel like? So I noticed on one of your, I think I read one of your blog posts where you were like, um, you were working with a client and you realized that you needed to outsource a specific part of your client's work that needed to be done. I don't even remember what it was, but that you were okay with that. You were like, look, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses, but I'm going to help my client by not pretending I can do it all. Basically is what I, what I got from your blog post. And so you decided to outsource. Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think that's very smart as a businesswoman. um, mm-hmm. that your ability to kind of 
just make it work, but not pretend like you can do it all. So what, what do you like, what do you tend to outsource if you're going to do that for one of your clients? I think that blog was probably about web design. So I came to a point where I had to continue, like I had to decide whether I was going to continue to try to pursue web design and get better at web design or, Uh and I didn't enjoy it. I knew I didn't enjoy it. Or I could put that time and effort into being a better brand designer, which I really love and kind of find someone else who felt the same way, but opposite. So that's what I was able to do. So that I do outsource web. I have a web partner who feels the same way I do, but just kind of the opposite. She loves web design, not brand design. I love brand design, not web design. So that worked out really well. But recently on a project I'm working on right now, I started outsourcing illustration. So illustration is not a strong suit of mind, which I have struggled with myself a little bit. Like I feel like sometimes I have an inner narrative in my head that's like, well, you're a designer, you should be able to illustrate. And that's not true. But that's, you know, an inner narrative of mine sometimes, to be completely honest. But I have started outsourcing this and found this incredibly talented illustrator who was able to do these things so quickly, whereas it would have taken so much of my time. And honestly, I would have been so frustrated. And Mm -hmm. so the the benefits, like the cost benefits are totally worth it to pay for a couple hours of her time rather than to just like pull my hair out and like spend eight hours of my time. Right. I think I know what you're talking about. It was that cute little dog drawing that I saw yes, that someone had made. That was that the illustrator? Yes. It was super cute, though. But yeah, then you mentioned that you had someone else work with that because I thought, I was like, oh, that's like the cutest little simple sketch. It was so simple, but it was really just like cool the way she did it. It was so simple, but I could not do it. You know, and it's so funny. I feel like some of the most simple things are the hardest. It's like when people tell me, you know, for makeup jobs, if I'm at a wedding and they're like, oh, I just want something simple. It should take five minutes. Like I want a natural look and I want to be like, okay, natural isn't so natural when you're doing makeup for camera and, you know, weddings and that sort of thing. There's a lot that goes into natural, you know, if it was that simple, you could do it yourself is what I kind of want to tell people sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure the same thing goes with you. I'm sure they think just because you're a creative genius that you can just do it like that and snap your fingers. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you sometimes you just want to kind of tell people like, you know, that's why I get paid what I do because it's not, you know, it's not that simple and it's not that easy. I'm good at it, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's not as simple as you think it is just because I'm a creative, you know, that you agree. Yeah. I don't know if you have a term for this, but designers call it pixel pushers. So if a client says like, oh, I know exactly what I want. I just need you to make it happen. They just want you to be a pixel pusher, which is just making their vision come to life, which is something I want to do, but not, I don't want their sketch that their sister-in-law did you know I don't want I don't want them to send that to me and make you know make it come to life I don't know if you have a a term like that for uh, makeup artists but designers call it pixel pushers I don't, I just usually say it's like, um, the Pinterest pushers, the people that show me a picture on Pinterest are like, I want my makeup to look like this. And I'm like, oh, well, she's probably had some Photoshop done or a filter because there's no, not a single pore in that photo. And we all know <laughs> that everybody can see a pore, you know, in real photos and Photoshop mm-hmm. is, you know, is kind of, um, difficult when you want, when people show you something like that and you're like, okay, well, you know, let's talk about the behind the scenes when it comes to things right. like that, you know? Right. Um, what are some of your favorite projects that you've done? Oh my goodness. See, that's like the countries. That's so hard. Last year I had some really, really incredible clients. Um, I will say one uh, was one of my favorites was Rekindle Candle because 
I had the experience, uh, we, I had the opportunity to work with them on their packaging, which is something I really love doing. I love, as much as I love brand design, I love bringing that brand to life through tangible items. So, okay. you know, you can go into their store and experience their customer, uh, customer experience, and you can see that their tissue, their branded tissue paper and their flyers and, you know, like every single candle label, their matches, their, they have a, um, they have uh, like an essential oil set. That's not, that's not the right word. Um, diffuser. They have a diffuser okay. mm-hmm. that, you know, all of that's branded. So that was one of my favorite projects because of all of those physical touch points I was able to work on. So you literally designed the, the tissue paper and the package mm-hmm. that goes around the candle. You did all of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Wow. No, that is really I love neat. packaging. Yeah. What do you think is, um, I feel like there is a difference between branding and marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like some people kind of lump those two together. Um, but in your experience and what you do, what is, what do you, what's the difference between branding and marketing? Mm-hmm. Well, I think brand, like a good brand is essential to good marketing, but marketing is more of the way that you talk about your brand, the way you represent it maybe through like an Instagram post or something like that. And then a good brand helps you do that well. Okay. So branding more is like the visual, like the logo mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. graphics and mm-hmm. illustration and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, even if it even goes into things like um, when I wrap up a project with a client, I love working with people long-term, but I know that's not always possible. I give them like a 30 to 40 page brand guide that tells them everything they have and how to use it. So that is an essential piece of their branding as well. So they know how to market their brand. So they know how to create an Instagram post. They know what fonts they can use, what colors they should use, and when and where. Wow. So that's a helpful piece. So is that um, is that specific to each brand that you end up booking and work with? Like you send them that, send everybody yeah. that? Yes. Wow. That's quite <laughs> that's a, a lot of is, work. To cre- that's a lot of work. But that is, I mean, that is a wonderful, like, addition mm-hmm for when they book you that they would get yeah. something like that. that well, I would never want to create a beautiful brand and then hand it over and then not know how to use it because you then know, my, they're right back uh-huh. where they started. Right. My husband has said that he creates videos for a living mm-hmm. for small businesses and nonprofits. And he has said the same thing. He's like, I create these great, awesome videos that people pay good money for. Yeah. And then I give it to them. And sometimes they don't even know what to do with it. Like they've bought this wonderful video but yet they don't know how to upload it to YouTube. They don't know how to put it on Facebook with the, you know, with the, um, with the picture, you know, the sized right correctly. And uh, he feels the same way. So maybe he should, yeah. um, maybe he should start implementing like, here's your little how-to guide. Here's how to use yeah. what I've created for you. Exactly. Because I mean, if they don't, if they use it poorly, that comes, that's still a reflection of me or of him, right? you know? Yes, exactly. So it's a 30 page that you you yeah, it's between thirty and forty pages usually. That is great. That is that is awesome. <laughs> that is that is a reason to book you right off the bat. That you like guide people <laughs> that way. Um, so, with most of your clients, so you work, you know, out of Athens. Um, mm-hmm. Are most of your clients local, or do, are you able to work with people kind of all over the place? Um, you know, how, what kind of clientele do you attract typically? Mm-hmm. So when I first started, it was all over the place, very few, if any, local clients. And then again, last year, I just had an incredible, I had just an incredible client um, workload last year. I loved all of them and they were, almost all of them were local. 
Okay, that's great. So do you yeah. feel like most of your work comes via word of mouth? Like you work with a client. I'm always interested in how small businesses get more business. Mm-hmm. Um, is it personal referrals are you finding? Are, you, are people finding you online and then booking you from like a Google search? Do you ask those mm-hmm. sorts of questions, how people find you? I do. I do. That's important to me. I keep um, a running list of all the leads I get and where they come from and whether they've booked and things like that. So I booked, I think I had 12 clients last year and 10 of them knew me or came through word of mouth. So that's a huge percentage. So that's that's why that client customer experience is so important because people are going to talk about you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally agree. And I feel like that also... um, that also allows you the ability to work with a lot of like-minded people that you are going to be successful with, that you're going to work well with. Because if you worked well with one client and then they refer you to their friend because they mm-hmm. enjoyed their experience with you, you're probably going to enjoy their friend is kind of how I feel. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And that's a warm lead too. Warm leads are always better to get than cold leads that come from Google or Pinterest or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I totally agree. Because uh, so many times people ask me, you know, just they know I work weddings before pandemics, I don't work weddings right now, but in the past, they're like, uh, they always ask, you know, did you, um, what kind of bridezillas have you had? And I literally can say in the past, like 11 years, I can't name a whole handful of bridezillas because most of them, like you said, are like personal Mm -hmm. referrals. And I've worked with a lot of, you know, similar types of females and it's just been a great experience. I just haven't Mm -hmm. had that many catastrophes thank god that's amazing that's so good (laughs) um what is your i don't think i've already asked you this what's your favorite part about branding like your absolute favorite part the print i love taking things from computer screen or digital into the physical environment so i'm working with a client right now actually whitney you know you know whitney Whitewood, oh, Whitewood of it. Yeah. Yes. So we last week yes. I just ordered we just ordered all of her print materials. So I'm really excited about that. Um I think again it, I keep saying this, but it goes back to client experience. So I love the way that print materials can elevate your brand and elevate the your client's experience so much. So that's why I really love carrying a brand out through print materials like business cards or, you know, custom boxes or tissue paper or packaging, whatever it is. Okay, that was going to be my next question. When you say print materials um, that you think really elevate a brand, what what types of things do you think kind of personalize a brand um, when it comes to print material? Besides business cards, which are kind of the obvious, but besides that, sure. what else? I love to do note cards. I think uh, maybe that's just because I love to send physical mail, but I have a note card, like a branded note card with a branded envelope and it has this nice little sticker on it. You might Mm -hmm. see one of those later. You sent me, but you sent me (laughs) one when I spoke at the Rising Tide Society. You sent me one of those beautiful cards. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yes, That was it then. Um, I, I love providing those for clients because they can be used as thank you notes or just general like you know, you, your client has a birthday, you can send them a birthday note on that. And it's just a kind of a gentle little touch point reminder of your brand and mm-hmm. the experience that you provided to them. So I love note cards. If you are a, it seems to me a product-based business, I highly recommend physical packaging, whether that's from tissue paper or custom bags or boxes, which are really not as scary expensive as they seem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if again, if you're a physical product packaging, the, the packet, like the, the stickers and the labels and um, all of that stuff that goes into your product is really important. Have you ever designed a t-shirt for a business? 
Not in a while. Okay. I feel like you'd yeah, probably be very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to, do, to do a cute little t-shirt for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What is one book or more than, I guess I'll give you more than one. What's a good book or podcast that you think that you follow that you really, really like that other people that might be interested in branding and strategy and graphic design and that sort of thing. Do you listen to any podcasts that specifically, you know, talk about that? That's kind of like one of your loves. Hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but surprisingly, I don't really listen to many business podcasts. Okay. Because they tend to overwhelm me. So I'm a, okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a list maker. And if I listen to a lot of different voices and resources, then I'm going to get overwhelmed. And my list is going to go really long with honestly things that might not have to happen, might not be necessities. But in my mind, they're like, my business will fail if I don't do this. So I don't, gotcha. I just know myself. I know that myself. I can't listen to a lot of business podcasts, but one that I do love, and I don't listen to every episode. I listen to the ones that feel relevant to me is Mm -hmm. called Brands That Book with Davy Jones. So he has different experts on, and I think maybe this would be interesting to you because you, I know you use Pinterest for your business. I use Pinterest. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of traffic from Pinterest and I started that Pinterest journey because of a um, guest that he had on, Vanessa Kynes who is a Pinterest strategist. So I listened to that episode and it totally transformed the way I used Pinterest for my own business. And now I get a lot of web traffic from that. So I really like his, um, his podcast because it's very specific business topics like Pinterest or Facebook ads, which are really important. Mm -hmm. Um, especially ad spend is really low right now. So I highly recommend booking or scheduling Facebook ads because so many people are online. So the pricing is really low right now for Facebook ads. FYI. Interesting. Yeah. No, I had no idea about that. And I did some Facebook ads a while ago, but it's been it's been a minute. So that'll be interesting. I need to look into that then. Yes. Um, okay, so Brands That Book is a good podcast. Um, what about books? Because I know that you like to read. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of books have you read lately that you would suggest to someone and you know, maybe it's not business related. Maybe it's just something that you've read that you were like, you know what? Everybody needs to read this book because, and I asked this too, because I've, I've seen that you like to read. I'm trying to start, I'm starting to try to be more of a reader during this whole stay at home because mm-hmm. I found myself embarrassingly looking at my screen time on my phone and I am just so appalled at myself. And so I'm like, I need to get off my cell phone and I need to look at like a real book or a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love suggestions from you. And I like sure. lighthearted books. I don't get into okay. the whole heavy. It needs to be lighthearted, especially this time mm-hmm. that we are living in. I need lighthearted and happy and mm-hmm. maybe inspiring. What uh, what books would you suggest? Okay, I also love lighthearted books because I read in. I, I look at a screen all day long, so I don't watch TV. This is just like a personal boundary for myself. I don't watch TV on weeknights. So I read, that's why I read a lot. It's like a wind down, relaxing activity. And I like those to be chill books as well. So I'm with Mm -hmm. you on relaxing books. So um, I really like historical fiction. And one that I have read recently is called Time After Time. It was a delightful book about um, kind of like hmm, time travel. It was a little bit romance. It was in Mm -hmm. like the 1920s and 30s which is the time period I really love so that was a wonderful book um didn't have like oh I shouldn't say that it'll spoil it (laughs) oh yeah don't spoil it just in case that okay time after time is good (laughs) yes 
Yes. And then I'll go a little bit more serious. So in the mornings is when I have like my quiet time, personal reflection, stuff like that. And I've been reading The Road Back to You. So I think all of us are having a lot more time. Well, I don't know. You have kids. Maybe not. I've (laughs) noticed a lot more time to myself. And I don't always love that. Because, Uh so you know, sometimes those outside distractions stop me from thinking too much. I found myself with a lot of time with myself. And I was like, well, maybe it's a time to learn a little bit more about myself. So I I bought The Road Back to You. Uh And it is a really great book. It's about the Enneagram. Are are you familiar with the Enneagram? I keep hearing about it, and I don't know (laughs) enough about it. I know that you speak on that, or that's in your, like, Instagram bio, right? Or you say something about it. Um, Yeah, I don't don't understand it. I haven't done it, but should I? I mean, that's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what to do with with your life. But I find it a really helpful tool for self-growth. So... Okay. So, and how so? Can you kind of explain on that? Because I do feel like that's kind of a hot topic and I'm still completely confused by what it would tell me if I were to like, you have to take a quiz, right? Right. You can take a quiz or you can listen to different podcasts or resources or read the book. I listened to a podcast that was like an overview of all of them and could easily eliminate several types. And then I kept listening to more details of each type and then found out what I was. So I think it is a really helpful tool to know, to know yourself, know, know your own motivations and your, you know, deepest fears and desires. And I, there were certain things like I knew to be true about myself. And then when I discovered my type, I was like, oh, this is normal. Like other people think this way too. This is okay. It's not okay to like maybe sit here if it's not healthy, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a helpful tool to um, like move me towards more emotional health, if that makes sense. Yes. No, it totally yes. does. And it makes me realize and maybe I need to look into this. <laughs> I think it's, and well, so the road back to you is a great starting point. It's not too deep. The okay. Enneagram can go really, really deep. It can be super spiritual, very embodied and cerebral, or it can be a little bit more tangible. So it's kind of up to you on how you decide to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also really helpful in relating to other people. So it's, as humans, it's, it's easy to kind of get into the, the mindset that everyone thinks like us or mm-hmm. like, I think this way, why don't, why are they not like reacting this way? That's how I would react. So it's helpful when you know the people around you's types and know how to relate to them and know a little bit more about the way that they think. Um, and yeah, it's really helpful. Probably helps with business too. Yeah. Honestly for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when you're looking into trying to dig deep into someone's business, you kind of have to know Mm -hmm. about them as well and how to deal with them, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, one thing before we, and I know you've been so gracious with your time, it's been over 45 minutes, um, but before we get into the end of the episode, I do always like to hear, I always find this very interesting, um, to find out about people's schedules that work from home, because you obviously mm-hmm. work out of your home, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your schedule like? Do you live alone? Do you have roommates? Um, what do you, what happens, like, how do you, how do you stay productive, I guess, is what I would like to know, because doing what you do... Um, especially if you're dealing with a client for eight to 12 weeks, you probably have to be pretty scheduled. I would guess like Mm -hmm. you probably don't just wake up whenever and just kind of go about your day. Um, what does a day look like for you? Um, every day. Well, do you want the COVID answer or the (laughs) pre COVID? Oh, that's right. I mean, I guess, ah, we are living in this time. Everything is totally different. Um, Mm -hmm. let's go. I mean, let's go COVID. Let's go currently. How are you dealing? It's a little bit of both. So I'll kind of answer it in both ways, I guess. Um, 
I love a good schedule and a routine in the mornings. That really helps me like set the tone for my day. And then the afternoons, I like to be a little bit more free. So mm-hmm. before this, you know, I would maybe go to a lunch with a friend, have some coffee meetings, that kind of thing. Now that's not an option, but I still like that morning routine, that consistency that really sets me up well for the day, make sure I'm taking care of myself. So um, previously I was waking up a little bit earlier. Now it's later and later, honestly, every day because <laughs> doing nothing in a global pandemic, I mean, I mean I'm not doing nothing, but yeah, <laughs> having less to do in a global pandemic is somehow exhausting. I so, totally agree. Isn't that weird? I totally agree. It really it's so is. It re- it's, so, it's, it's so weird. I'm like, I, why do I need, I, why, why can I not get out of bed unless it's been like 12 hours? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I and I have that privilege because I have no children. And yes, I do have a roommate. So okay. she is currently working from home as well. So um, I have to have a schedule. I have to have a routine because my bed is two feet away from my desk. So I have to um, motivate myself. And so in the mornings I wake up, whatever time that is. <laughs> you don't have to tell. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it, pre-COVID it was eight o'clock. Now it's closer to 10. Yeah. So uh, okay. I get up, I have that personal like, quiet reflection time. I eat a little bit and then I usually go for a run Monday through Friday. Uh, it's a run or yoga. Yo- Wednesdays I do yoga. And then I do like a resistance band workout after that. And then some post run yoga. And then I shower and get ready. And honestly, it's lately, it's been like one o'clock before I even start working. Uh So so then I'll work for a little bit and then eat a late lunch. I usually just kind of eat late. And then Mm -hmm. um, during this time, and this is new for me. I'm trying to figure this out. I had a great routine before, and now it's... It's all shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is. And, and it's, it is. it's weighing on me in my body more than I realized, um, mm-hmm. which is why I think I'm sleeping so much and things like that. But So I've been working a little bit later in the evenings just because I've been starting later mm-hmm. in the afternoons. So, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's just been like the weirdest, weirdest transition in terms of business. I mean, like you said, we yeah. both work from home. You know, Mm -hmm. I work from home. I do my blogging. I work with clients here um, with teaching sessions and everything. But now there's nobody, there's nobody in my office to work with, you know, and I can't go anywhere to work with anybody. And you can't even Mm -hmm. go to a coffee shop and just sit and hang out, really, which is kind of a bummer, which, you know, working from home, sometimes it's nice to have that option to get out of the house. It's almost like Mm -hmm. your creative juices flow more if you can be in a different environment. And right now Mm -hmm. we just can't do that, which is, yeah, yeah, it's heavy. It's, It's weighs on us. Hopefully... I mean, we, we counted personally as a family, we're on, I think, day 30 of quarantining ourselves, like just staying yeah. home. Like mm-hmm. we literally, me and my kids, my husband has been to the grocery store a couple of times, but my three kids and I have not been in a store or a physical location in 30 wow. days. We haven't left the house. So it's wild. So, yeah. and it, it is wild. So, you know what, doing these types of, I'd prefer to have you in my studio to record this podcast. It would be so much more fun, but mm-hmm. I am thankful for this opportunity that I can actually still talk to another human being that's not my children. So, <laughs> that's probably fair. why I've talked to you for so long because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's somebody else it's that, okay. I can, it's okay. that I can speak to, you know? I love so. it. Yeah, I um, love it. Okay. So what do you think, what's the first thing you want to do when you get out of this, um, Shelter in oh place. What's the first thing you would do? I am going to go get my eyebrows threaded. <laughs> I love it. Listen, it was 
two weeks in, maybe I was like, listen, okay, they need to be done. And I don't lose things. I'm very organized. I could uh-huh. not find my tweezers anywhere. And then it took me like a week to remember that Amazon still exists. So I was able to order a set of tweezers from Amazon. So I've done the best I could on my own. But listen, I, I want to go get them threaded. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I think they look great from here. They look nice and full, which I prefer a full brow anyway. Thank you. So, well, and you're lucky you have those cute glasses, so it kind of hides your eyebrows. So I can't really tell if you've got some strays. So, hey, at least you got the glasses working for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's funny that you would say. I would probably say, I want to go to Target and I just want to walk aimlessly the aisles for hours while my kids are in school. Let's put it that way because they're homeschooling right now. I want to go to Target without anybody else. That's what I want to do when I get out of here. I want to sit in a restaurant and have a cocktail. I know. Right? We want to go back to the Hotel Indigo and order cocktails and sit in a group of however many females we did at that one meeting together. Yeah. Um, You know? Like, I kind of miss that. Yeah. It'll it'll happen again. I don't know when, but it'll happen again. Uh, Yeah. I feel like it's going to be a little while, but it will happen again. (laughs) Yes. It it has to. It has to for the good of all of us. Um, Okay. So let's, um, we'll go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up, but I'm going to do it with some things that I always ask of my guests when I have them on the podcast. Um, The first one is called This or That. And so This or That, um, it's kind of like what you said that you do with your initial clients when you do their questionnaire. You have them pick, you know, like green or blue or whatever. That's kind of what This or That is. So I'm going to give you two options, and I want you to just snap judgment. Tell me which one you prefer, and don't think about it super long. Okay. All right. So the first one, lip gloss or mascara? Mascara. Netflix or go to the movies pre-COVID-19? Go to the movies. Jeans or dresses? Jeans. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. <laughs> I love your Facebook. No question. Is there, is there no another question. choice? <laughs> um, neutrals or bright colors? Neutrals. <laughs> Hair down or ponytail? Hair down. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Baskerville or Futura? Oh, oh. Oh, look at oh. me busting out the fonts. The only Way ones I know. Go. <laughs> uh, Baskerville. It's the only ones I really know, so. And I knew the difference <laughs> between the two, and those are the two I like. Okay. Um, chips and salsa or chips and queso? Salsa. Indoor plants or outdoor plants? I have a lot of indoor plants, so we'll have to go with that. I saw that on your Instagram, too, that you like plants. On another date, we'll need to, um, if you're good at it, we need to have a conversation about how to keep indoor plants alive because I'm terrible at it. I am uh, good but, at specific plants. <laughs> oh, specific ones. Okay. Which ones are the easiest? Let's talk about that. What are your top two indoor plants that I can't kill? Where, oh, where, that one. Pothos. That? Right over there. What's it called? You can't really see it from here. Pothos. They're so okay. easy. Or, actually, this one is really healthy. great. Oh, that's not a great this is called a snake plant or a mother-in-law's tongue. That is I have like that. impossible to kill. I have one of those and I, I haven't killed it. Okay. Yeah, I yes. have one of those. Okay, good. Um, okay, so another thing I always ask of my guests, do you have your three favorite products with you? I do. Okay, this is so a little every- intimidating because you're a... You're a makeup artist. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, girl, it's totally fine. So on every episode, I like to ask my... Um, interviewees what their top three favorite beauty products are or skincare it doesn't matter it can be you know 
either category. I just love to hear what other women are using and kind of what they rely on, what their go-tos are. And so just tell me what your, um, what the three are that you have today that you want to share with everybody. Okay. So the first one is skincare. I am, uh, 27 now and I have to start thinking about not looking 50 when I'm 40. So (laughs) I have, (laughs) I have started a, a new skincare routine. It's, uh, from an Instagrammer I follow who thankfully is just a skincare enthusiast and shares her knowledge. So mm-hmm. this is one of the items that she recommended. This is BHA Blackhead Powder Liquid. Power Liquid. It's by CauseRx, which is a great brand. Um, this is basically, uh, there's two types of exfoliants. There's physical or chemical. Physical is kind of like your you know, apricot scrub or something like that. It helps remove right. your dead skin. This mm-hmm. is a chemical version of that. And chemical does not always mean bad, so don't be scared. Right. This basically causes skin cell turnover, so you get rid of that dead old skin. I love mm-hmm. this. I still have some breakouts occasionally, but I've noticed a lot less breakouts since I've started using this. So you said it's a BHA powder liquid. Yes. One of my favorite liquid exfoliants is a BHA liquid. It's by Mm -hmm. Polish Choice, though, and um, it must be kind of the same thing. It's just a liquid exfoliant, and it is Mm -hmm. a game changer with skin texture. It is awesome. But you you have to start slow. And you also mm-hmm. have to wear sunscreen. So that's another thing I've added. Yes. That's not one of my things, but I've you have to wear sunscreen if you do this because it makes your skin more sensitive. Also, right. you should wear sun- sunscreen anyway because the sun is trying to kill us. Well, and it's also going to make you look old as can be. So in your hands <laughs> yeah, too, like even put it on your hands because it, right? when you're driving. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree. I and also started. your yes. chest. A lot of women yeah. do not they. I mean, you look at me without makeup on, my face looks pretty clear. No sunspots, no nothing. When you look at my chest, it is Mm -hmm. full of sunspots because everybody just forgets when they're out and about. They've got it in their Mm -hmm. moisturizer, their foundation, but they forget about their chest and then it gets all mottled and old Mm -hmm. looking. So yeah, Yeah. sunscreen everywhere. Well, whatever you do to your face, you should carry down to your chest. So I I carry this down onto my chest and Mm -hmm. my my serums and moisturizers and all of that. Mm-hmm. Because your neck and your chest are an extension of your face. Yes. So, yes. Very good. Yes. Way to go. Way to remind everybody. Okay. Second product. And second product is from e.l.f. It's just this little wow brow. Uh-huh. So, I was previously just using, um, don't laugh, uh, just my, like, eyeliner, my eyeshadow to fill it uh-huh. in. And I yeah. found this, and I really love it. It's so much easier. It's like... I've never used this. I want to use um, Glossier Boy Brow, but this seems like a quick, you mm-hmm. know, because you have to order online for them. This is like a yes. store-bought version. And I really no, it like looks, it. it looks similar. I actually own Boy Brow, and mm-hmm. I think it's great. It is good for people like you that already have nice, full brows just to kind of set mm-hmm. them at a little bit of color. Boy Brow mm-hmm. doesn't work for me because I have no eyebrows naturally because I've plucked oh. them all out. And so it just doesn't give me enough shape. I literally have to draw in with a pencil and then fill in with a brow gel. Um, gotcha. But it is very handy just to have it on the little mascara one. And I'm sure Elf mm-hmm. is a lot cheaper than Boy Brow. I think Boy Brow is like 16 yeah. I think this was like 4 So it's yeah, a good, it was like at least like a good starter to figure out whether I like this type before I buy Boy Brow. Right. Okay, cool. All right. What's your number three? Number three is another really inexpensive drugstore brand. So I actually bought this at Target on sale. It was like $2. So I'm, maybe that means they're discontinuing it. So sorry if that's the case. That's okay. Um, it's this pretty, it's this nice color. And I like that you can use it, you can put it on pretty heavily and it's like a full mm-hmm. lipstick. Or I can put it on a little bit lighter and it's more like a tint. 
So I put it on before we started. It's rubbed off a little bit, but it's just, it's a nice little tint. So it I is. like that. Who's that by? Almay. Oh, I have seen those because I've rec- mm-hmm. I recognize that cute little packaging. Yeah, isn't that cute? That is cute. Um, what color is that? This one is Be Strong. Be so Strong. I love yeah, wearing lipstick. Pretty. It makes me feel powerful and like a badass. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say that. Girl, yes, you can. You can say <laughs> badass. Because I, I totally agree about lipstick. Mm-hmm. Me too. I do too. I mean, it just kind of makes me feel all better. I kind of love that you said that even during this whole pandemic thing that you're still taking a shower, getting ready. I mean, I, me for me mentally, I mean, I know I see things all over Instagram. People are like, no, why even bother? I'm just going to sit around in my pajamas. But I mean, for me personally, if I don't get up, get ready, I mean, yeah. I have on like full makeup, but that's probably because I'm talking to you <laughs> and I've got, and you can see me, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. So of course I went like full makeup, but it just makes me feel better I mean I feel like I'm yeah. more productive in general when I get ready I completely agree and it helps <laughs> um before this I used to go to a co-working space to work but now just so I always got dressed but now getting dressed almost provides a separation of work and um mm-hmm. home I guess so when I'm done working then I'll change into my comfy clothes and then I can relax so it's almost it is totally mental thing you're right and I don't dress really for anyone else anyway I dress for myself so that's why I've like why would I mm-hmm. stop doing that now right oh exactly no I totally agree yeah I um even one of my kids noticed they're like mom you have on purple eyeliner today I'm like I sure do and it feels amazing so uh-huh. you know I just did it for myself because I felt like being a little bit more extra and feeling mm-hmm. a little bit more fun and it just yeah it just feels it feels better to do makeup than not to do makeup for me yes um, it's however you need to cope right now you I'm right what I need to what, do. Exactly. You do you. Um, All right. So I always talk about my pretty powerful product of the day also at the end of every episode. Um, And the one that I am using right now that I am finding that is very helpful um, is this Jergens Natural Glow Wet Skin Moisturizer. So this is, I, I feel better when I have a little bit of a bronze tan. I don't know if you can... I don't know if you can tell. I mean, I'm not super, super fair, um, and I don't need to be super dark, but to have a little bit of a glow and warmth to my skin makes me feel happier and healthier, and it just, I don't know. You know, I'm going to have to start putting on shorts, and my legs without self-tanner are not great. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a few varicose veins from childbirth, and so it just, it's helpful to have a little bit of a suntan, and I have used like every self-tanner in the world. I mean, I'm still trying them all. This one, I actually did for a sponsored post, and I know people get really weird for beauty bloggers when they do a sponsored post, and they see like ad and everything, Um, and I did one for them a while back, and they're like, oh, do you really like that because you're getting paid for it, and this is one of those products, and like, no, this stuff is the jam. This is the third one I've bought since I did the post a few months ago, the third one, and so the great thing about this uh, wet skin moisturizer is you actually use it in the shower so after you've showered yeah you just go ahead and put it on while you're in the shower because it's a moisturizer and you know when you're in the shower if you're like me I like hot water it dehydrates Mm -hmm. your skin and so immediately when I get out of the shower I'm already putting on lotion anyway just because I feel so Mm -hmm. dry this gives you the added benefit of having a nice bronze glow you really can't screw it up which is also great. You can't see it when you put it on, but if you rub it in like a lotion, mm-hmm. um, and you're supposed to do it when your skin is wet. I usually, now I pat my skin a little bit off with the towel, but mm-hmm. I mean, you just go ahead and wipe it on while you're in the shower so it didn't get all over the place. Occasionally when I will use like a foam self-tanner, I will mm-hmm. find it on my walls. I will find it on oh, my no. rug. Yeah, like I'll just make a mess. So this stuff you use in the shower and you just, you know, you can't mess up anything because then you'll shower mm-hmm. the next day and it'll come off. Um, but I use the medium to tan color and I'm not super okay. dark. Um, 
I had heard in the beginning they make suggestions when you're working with a brand, like which color you should use when they see, you know, your picture and ask questions. They said the light to medium doesn't really show up hardly at all. So I always suggest for women, unless you're super fair like Nicole Kidman, probably just go ahead and go medium to tan. So after the first use, you can see a remarkable, just like nice glow. It is just wonderful. I love this stuff. So can't suggest it enough. The Wet Skin Moisturizer by Jurgens. It's awesome. And it's an Allure 2018 Best of winner. So Okay. That's so good to know because (laughs) I am pretty fair skinned as well. And it's like, it takes a lot for me to tan. And I don't want Mm -hmm. to be in the sun that much because, you know, it's trying to kill us. Exactly. So I I love this. I've heard bad things about a lot of self-tanners, so I am mm-hmm. really excited that you have found one that you like. Well, and just like you said, I mean, there's so much information out there about how terrible the sun is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my friends are like, why don't you just sit out in a lawn chair in your backyard? And I'm like, because I, it's going to make me look old, and I'm not yes. going to sit out there with a bunch of sunscreen on. That doesn't make sense either. Um, yeah. I'll go for a walk with my kids, but I'm going to have on sunscreen. So this mm-hmm. is the safe way to get a nice glow. I mean, I put it on this morning at... Gosh, probably like nine o'clock. And mm. I don't know if you can see me. I know nobody else can really see me, but it has already started to turn and it just, it looks great okay. and it moisturizes your skin. So I say, you girl, you give it a try. Yeah. You can order it. You can I order it I on will. Target or anywhere you can get Jergens. Mm-hmm. It's great. Okay. So tell everybody before we get off um, where they can find you, how they can find you, um, how they can contact you, where you are on social media, all that good stuff. Yes, I am on Instagram a lot. I have a Facebook, but my audience really isn't on Facebook as much. So Instagram is where I'm most active. And you can find my website at ramadesign.co. It's R-H-E-M-A-D-E-S-I-G-N dot C-O. Same on Instagram, ramadesignco. And you can contact me either through my DMs or you can email me at annakate at ramadesign.co. Or there's a contact form on, on my website. So you've got a lot of options. Oh, good. And you said you're on Pinterest, and I love yes. Pinterest. So I need to start. Are you Rayma Design Co. on there, or is it your name mm-hmm. on Pinterest? Rayma Design Co. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to definitely follow you there on Pinterest because that is like my new jam. And I'm going to check out this, um, was it Brands That Book that talks about the Pinterest? Yes. So the first episode I listened to was from a while ago. So she's been on it a few times. So I would scroll back um, maybe like early 2019, maybe even earlier to okay. – to, to like an intro to um, Pinterest and then she has some other ones as well. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to go follow you on Pinterest immediately. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for taking all this time to talk to me. I told you I'm such a talker. Like it's probably way <laughs> it's longer okay. than it was supposed to be. <laughs> it's okay. But this is such valuable information and I hope that you hang in there during this whole crazy no. pandemic time. I mean, it is just, hopefully it'll be over sooner than later, but thank goodness for things like Zoom where we yeah. can see each other. <laughs> And still have communication with one another, you know? I agree. So that's great. Yes, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. So that's it for today's episode. And thank you so much for listening, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or if you're watching this YouTube video. I really appreciate you sticking around. And y'all be sure to go follow Anna Kate over at Rayma Design Co. on Instagram. So she said that's her favorite. And I would love for you to follow me over on Instagram as well at Jenny Sue Makeup. And if you found any of the products interesting that we talked about at the end of our conversation today, I will link all of those products in the YouTube description or in the show notes below this podcast. So that's it for today's episode and can't wait to see y'all on the next one. Bye.